One of our children had their first ever basketball game last Saturday. And I have to be honest, I'm not sure who was more excited, our child or me and Lindsay. (laughs) I bet you know that feeling, many of you do, that nervous excitement for a friend or for a child or a grandchild when they're about to try something new, something fun, something maybe a little bit scary. And I know people can react differently to that feeling. Some people in their nervous excitement get chatty. But sometimes I react the opposite way. I get quiet, breathless, wordless, speechless. I love my child so much, and to be honest, I really love basketball too. (laughs) And I want it to go well. And And I want my child to fall in love with basketball. And I want it to be fun, and a part of me, sometimes too big a part of me, wants my child to win the game, too. And so all of those feelings were bottled up inside of me before the first game, and it left me speechless. Until until the game started... And I began screaming like a fanatic. (laughs) But I was in good company. The coach was screaming like that too. And so were the other parents, including our child's other parent. (laughs) The coach's email to the team after the game cracked me up. This is what he wrote, and I'm not sure he intended for his email to make it into a sermon, but I did get permission. He wrote this, it was a fun game Saturday. I hope all the girls had a good time. I am just now getting my voice back from yelling. I know many of you are the same. I had a great view of our crowd, and many parents were working as hard as the coaches. (laughs) guilty. But Lindsay and I weren't the only ones. One parent replied to the coach's email to say that her daughter told her this after the game. Her daughter said, we lost the game because you were yelling so much. I'm just now getting my voice back, the coach wrote. Sometimes the mixture of excitement, nervousness, and love can leave you voiceless. Our sermon series has been called Seeking Advent. On the first Sunday of Advent, we lit the candle of hope, and we talked about seeking hope through despair. Hope when the horizon looks hopeless. The next Sunday, we lit the candle of peace. We talked about seeking peace for the journey. The peace of God's promised presence. When the path is smooth and also when the road ahead is rough. Last Sunday, we lit the pink candle for joy. And we talked about seeking joy in sorrow. 
we were reminded that joy and sorrow can coexist, intermingled in the same person on the same day at the same time. And today we're seeking love that leaves us breathless or speechless. When I first met Lindsay, she took my breath away. That sounds romantic, but I actually mean it literally. (laughs) She can tell you about the first time I tried to ask her out. Emphasis on the word tried. The words wouldn't quite come out. And I try not to relive that moment often, but I think I essentially told her about a movie that I was going to see, but I forgot the important part of inviting her (laughs) to join me for the movie. So I went to the movie alone. (laughs) But no worries, it all worked out. But we're talking today about that deep down love. That deep down love that when mixed with excitement and anxiety and doubt leaves us speechless without the right words. Today's passage from Luke chapter 1 is the beginning of the Christmas story. In Luke's gospel, the good news of Christ's birth follows another piece of good news. The news of another miraculous birth. The birth of John the Baptist, who will pave the way for Jesus' ministry. Luke 1 tells us that Zechariah and Elizabeth were barren, and the NRSV, which we read this morning, diplomatically adds that they were both getting on in years. The message translation is more direct. It says that they were both quite old. But the King James Version... The King James Version is just plain rude. It says, they both were now well stricken in years. Please don't use that verse against your parents or grandparents. I'm so sorry that your knees hurt this morning now that you are well stricken in years. As part of his priestly duties, Zechariah is chosen, as was the custom, by lot or by a drawing of names to enter the holy place in the Jerusalem temple. The people attending the hour of prayer would have been waiting outside. They're waiting for Zechariah to return from the temple and to bless them. And so he goes into the temple alone to offer incense alone. While he's there, an angel appears to him and delivers this miraculous good news that we read about. He and Elizabeth will bear a son, and they are to name him John. Zechariah is, I'm sure, terrified. He's excited. He's anxious. He worries and wonders if this could really be true. How will I know that this is so, he asks. In the message translation, his question sounds more like what we would ask. Do you expect me to believe this, he asks. In response, the angel introduces himself as Gabriel, one of the seven archangels of late Judaism, and the one usually known to have messenger duties. 
But for his unbelief, Zechariah is struck speechless until John is born. But when I read this passage from Luke 1, I can't help but think he probably would have been speechless anyway. That wonderful, scary mixture of excitement, anxiety, and love was sure to leave him breathless, wordless, speechless. I love the little detail that comes next in Luke chapter 1. Those worshipers who were there for the hour of prayer, they're still waiting on the priest Zechariah to come out to them and to offer a blessing. But when he comes out, he's unable to talk. This is what scripture tells us. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. Zechariah is speechless and the scripture describes something like a game of charades as he tries to share what has just happened. Do you know how this part of the Christmas story ends? We couldn't read the full story, the full chapter this morning. But when it's time for the child to be born, the game of charades becomes a game of Pictionary. Zachariah and Elizabeth's neighbors and relatives want to name the child Zachariah after his father. Elizabeth insists that his name should be John And Zechariah still can't speak. And scripture tells us this. They were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, none of your relatives has this name. Then they began motioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And all of them were amazed. Immediately, Zachariah's mouth was opened and his tongue freed, and he began to speak, praising God. Zachariah writes, his name is John. And with that confirmation of of Gabriel's message and instruction, he's able to speak, and he immediately starts to praise God. Has the mixture of excitement, anxiety, doubt, and love ever left you speechless? Fifteen years after I didn't really ask Lindsay out, we found out the great and terrifying news that we were pregnant with our youngest of four children. And again, I say sometimes the mixture of excitement, nervousness, doubt, and love can leave you completely speechless. In fact, I've often described that moment as my Zachariah experience. Lindsay will tell you, after we found out she was pregnant, I didn't talk for several days. (laughs) And this story tells us, and so does my experience, when a priest or pastor is left speechless, you know something major is in the works. Have you ever had a Zachariah moment? Has the mixture of excitement 
anxiety, doubt, and love ever left you speechless? Luke 1 is the beginning of the Christmas story, and the magic of Christmas morning is not a bad analogy for the breathless love that Zachariah must have been feeling. Whether we are young or whether we are well stricken in years, we wait excitedly and anxiously for the magic of Christmas morning. What will Christmas be like this year? How will little faces respond to the surprises of Christmas? How will older faces respond to the beloved traditions and long-awaited gatherings? When the angel appears to Mary to tell of Jesus' birth, Mary asks the same question that Zechariah asked. How can this be true? Imagine her excitement and anxiety and her doubt and her deep love. There's this great line from the next chapter of the Gospel of Luke. When Jesus is born, the shepherds arrive at the manger and they tell Mary and Joseph about the angel's visit to them and the heavenly host praising and proclaiming glory to God in the highest. It's all so amazing, unbelievable, overwhelming. And how does Mary react? She's left speechless. The King James Version is familiar here. Luke chapter 2.19 says, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The message translation puts it beautifully as well. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. Love left her speechless. The Christmas story is about this kind of dear, deep love. Love that leaves us speechless. The love of the Christ story is not love without anxiety or fear or doubt. Zachariah's story and Mary's story make that abundantly clear. But the Christ story, the Christmas story, is a call to live with the kind of deep love and affection that takes our breath away. Love that demands our whole selves. Love that demands our commitment, our worries, our excitement, even our very breath. That's the kind of love that enters the world at Christmas. And that's the kind of love that the Christ story asks of us. That's how the story begins. And that's how the story ends. At the very end of Luke's gospel, when the Christ child is grown and placed on a cross, he offers up these words of commitment and love. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And then Jesus says this, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. One translation puts Jesus' words this way, Father, I place my life in your hands. And do you know what the Gospel of Luke tells us next? It says, having said this, Jesus breathed his last. 
God's love for us left breathless, speechless. This, beloved children of God, this is the Christ story. This is the Christmas story. Love that leaves you breathless, wordless. God's love for us and the way that we are called to love each other. Love so dear, love so deep, that sometimes it leaves us speechless. Let's pray. Gracious God who loves us with indescribably deep love, we give you thanks today for the gift of your Son who loves us from beginning to end. We prepare our hearts this day to receive him as our Emmanuel, God with us, and the great light of this world. Help us to make room in our hearts and lives this Christmas so that we can be bearers of his light and love. We pray these things in the name of the one who loved us to his very last breath. In the name of Jesus Christ, our incarnate, crucified, and risen Lord, we pray. Amen.